I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. How are you all doing this this fine week? I hope that uh, April Fool's treats you well and that nobody gets you too good. I am not a huge April Fool's person. I just, it's it's too scary. I think the, the worst I did was like post a photo of my hair being a different color or something, which is just dumb. Um, April Fool's scares me and therefore I'm going to be off of social media tomorrow because I trust absolutely no one. And by tomorrow, I mean today, recording this the night before, as usual. Uh, so good luck to everyone today. I hope that, I hope that you make it through (laughs) without too much, uh, too much heartache. Today on the show, we have Kira Reed Lorsch. You may know her from The Bay or all of her work that she did with Playboy. She is a great actress, a fantastic humanitarian, and it was super, super fun to talk to her. So here is my conversation with Kira Reed Lorsch. Welcome to the show, Kira. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You know, I just watched um, for the first time Pretty Broken last Aww. week. Yeah, because I've met you and I've seen you at the Indie Series Awards and different Emmy events and stuff like that. But uh, and I saw you in um, what's the what, what did you direct the dance movie? The TV yeah, movie? to the beat. Yeah, I directed so, both you of them. Were behind, you were behind the camera. I'd seen mm-hmm. that because Lily and Martha and you know friends were in it. 
And that was such a great movie, but I hadn't really seen you act except for the, what was the one where it was like the wives, the soapy one? Oh, uh, Ladies of the Lake. Ladies of the Lake. Yeah. Which you were great, but that's the only thing I had seen you in. So I watched it and I, I was just so impressed by you as an actress. So it's, oh. I just wanted to tell you. Thank you. That's, that's so nice to hear. It's my favorite thing that I've done for sure. Oh, it's awesome. It's a. Uh, one of those films where you read the script for the first time and you're just like oh wow a character that it actually has some depth fantastic yeah the when you know that like you're made to play the part or there's so much to do or you can like totally just jump in their shoes I, I, that's rare it's so rare so so rare especially as females I feel like most of the time we read scripts and it's like sexy girl walks down the street with this this and this and you're just like what I'm so much I, I, I like it when I get sexy girl because I'm in my 40s. So if I get, <laughs> if I get a hot mom, I'm excited. <laughs> the hot mom or the You're like cool mom. You know, I'll take it at this point. <laughs> I love that. So we've mentioned that we've known each other now for a little while, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like I don't know really anything about your story. So what got you into acting? What was your first experience? Well, my first experience, I was, a, I was a kid, I was in school and, you know, we were as part of our homework assignment, we had to like audition for the school Christmas pageant. And oh, it was cute. my first experience as an actor. And I was auditioning for, you know, the, the daughter or the girl, you know, of the family. And I, I was six years old. I was living in Northern California with me and my family up there. And I didn't know anything about acting you know, I'm six years old. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm in my, you know, second grade or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> school pageant. And I go and I, I'm listening to the feedback, like the other kids are going ahead of me and reading their little part and, or doing their little thing they're told to do. <laughs> and the comment was speak up. We can't hear you speak up. We can't hear you. So by the time it got to me, like three down, I walked into that gymnasium and I was like, whatever my line was, ho, 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 happy Christmas, da, 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 da. I just made some stuff up and I didn't get the young girl, you know, daughter part that I was auditioning for, but I got the part of Santa Claus yeah. <laughs> instead because I was so loud and boisterous. So my first role ever was Santa Claus at age six in the school play. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. I need pictures. Please tell me there's pictures <laughs> of my mom somewhere. <laughs> um, but, and then from there, I told my mom, I said, I want to be, you know, I wanted, I like this. This is fun. I was good at it. People told me I was good at it. So it was like finally something I knew how to do. So over the next couple of years, my mom signed me up. I had a commercial agent. I was kind of the kid, you know, commercial person. This is Northern California, not LA. Mm -hmm. So it's not a big market, but I was on romper room. Like I just, I, I, I said, I want to be in the TV. How do I get in the TV? <laughs> I don't want to watch TV. I want to be on TV. So I knew early on and I went to um, arts high school when my family moved to Louisville, Kentucky. My, my stepdad's from Louisville. I still have family, oh. family there. Louisville, if you, Louisville. you're really from there. It, yeah. It, it reminds me of Elizabethtown, the entire film. They're, co they're correcting people saying yeah. Louisville. 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 Yeah. Like your mouth is full. Louisville. Yes. Um, but so I went to dance there and then when I, I, I just never really caught on to Louisville either when you're, when you're, when you come from California, it's open-minded, it's great weather. It's like, you know, and then you go kind of more to Kentucky and it's old thoughts and mm -hmm. a little bigoted and a little bit racist and a little bit. And I was like, you know, I, I don't really vibe, you know, with 
checking my gun at the grocery store mentality. Sort of yeah, thing. I know. So I knew early on I wanted to hightail it back to California. So I went to the arts high school there, but then I came out my senior year of high school and I went to LA County High School for the Arts. Mm. Um, but I, I auditioned for the dance department and I wasn't good enough. Oh, crud. Yeah, they didn't, they, they were like, you're, you know, you're just not technically, you don't have enough ballet training, you know. Well, I said, well, can I audition for the theater department? They're like, yeah. well, you need to you know, you go in, you do two monologues and you, you know, I'm like, okay. So I came back, I auditioned for the theater department and they let me in. No way. So I went to LA County High School for the Arts. I'm, I, I think I was the first senior, there may have been some since, but. I was the first senior they ever let into the program. I think because I just wouldn't leave until they told me I could go. <laughs> I could get in. I'm like, I have no place to go. I've come from Kentucky. I don't have a place to live. You know, my, my, I have family out here. I can stay, you know, but I wanted to get residency to go to UCLA. I didn't have any oh. money. So I, and I wanted, I, I always kind of had it in my brain. I wanted to, um, you know, go to the, the theater, film, and television department at UCLA. It was just, you know, I saw a football game on TV one time with, you know, UCLA cheerleaders and happy, sunshiny <laughs> people in February. And I'm like, I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so because I had such a good training and I had experience and I, I started going on auditions, you know, just to, to as an extra, because I wanted to get my SAG card. You yeah. Know? So I started off as an extra in, in high school. And then I went, I got into UCLA. I got a scholarship to UCLA school wow. of television. Um, and I could afford it cause I was a California resident. And then I yeah. started working. I got my first lines. I was an extra on the original Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my gosh. And I, you know, and then they bumped me up cause I was like part of the, part of the, the class that was always in class with the main characters. Yeah. And one day they just like, okay, Kira, here's your two lines. And then I got, I got my SAG card. So how cool is that? Yeah, what a fun story I my up from the bottom. Oh my gosh. So you get your SAG card from Beverly Hills, 90210. Mm -hmm. And then what are you, are you auditioning while going to UCLA? Are you juggling all of that at the same time? Yeah, I really wanted to finish. I quit at one point and was running around and I I I answered an ad for Playboy while I was at UCLA. They wanted um they were looking for swimsuit models to do a movie called Maui Heat. I'm in my last year of UCLA and I'm like, "Well, I'll I'll go see I'll go see what that's all about." They said, "Well, you yeah, have why to not? be comfortable with some nudity in it." I'm like, I had just gotten back from Greece where I was running around topless on the beach. I'm like, well, that's no big deal. Like, that's what I do in my real life anyway. So anyway, long story short, I didn't get cast as the swimsuit model. I show up with like, and, and I had short purple hair at one point during college because I was- Oh my God, how cute. Boots. Like, I was not a playboy material person, believe me. But I show up and I'm like, well, this is kind of fun. And what an adventure. I go to Hawaii, go to Maui and shoot for three weeks. So they kept bringing me in for the swimsuit model part. And I'm like looking at these Glamazon, beautiful blonde <laughs> women, you know, and I'm feeling like such the tomboy. And and so, so I finally get, I'm meeting the executives where I'm like audition number three. And they're like, well, we really like you, um, but you're, you're not getting cast as, you know, one of the girls you've been reading for. I said, mm -hmm. oh, that's too bad. Well, it was fun. I thought it would be an adventure. They said, no, no, no. We're, we're writing you a part because no way yeah, you're going to be the makeup artist to, to, to the swimsuit models. So I said, really? 
So I got to go to to go to Maui. I get hooked up with Playboy. Next thing you know, I'm Kira Reed here in Austria at the World Body Painting Festival. And tonight on Sexetera, we're we're doing whatever we're doing. They liked me so much in that movie. I did a, a few things for them. I did um, some Zalman King stuff. And then, so I really started to work in this genre kind of as, which is really interesting because I was like the sidekick to the pretty girls and all of these, and all of these kind of sexy shows. And then Playboy hired me to be the reporter. And for 12 years, I worked for Playboy while doing other wow. things, and doing an ER, doing an NYPD blue, doing it, you know, like in the nineties, constantly, you know, doing little parts, but my main gig was a reporter and then producer and writer. Once I turned 30, <laughs> I moved on to like create and help build TV for two with the network shows that women and men would want to watch and also really diversify the kind of women that they were, that they were shooting. We right. did a, a show called naked happy girls where we took real life women who it was their idea. They wanted to shoot glamour, nudity, boudoir, whatever they wanted to do, but they were tattooed. They were of all colors, mm -hmm. sizes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so it was really fun to be a part of that. And I always felt that that Playboy was so empowering. And, and back yeah. when Heck was alive, we have to remember he was a civil rights activist. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he's won NAACP awards for God's sake, for, you know, for, for movies made about him. I, I worked on um on one, one of those anyway. But um, and we honored him at the Playboy Mansion um, for the Thalians, Hollywood for mental health, and and he gave a million dollars for film festival restoration. To, to my alma mater, UCLA. So I had a great time working at Playboy. And then and then I produced a, a, a show that was a travel show for them. I also worked, um, mm. I did Newsmag from, and you learn it's the same canon. I worked for yeah. Discovery, I worked for E, I worked for Travel Channel, wow. doing travel shows and, 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 and adventure shows. So I was doing news magazine style show, shows when, um, and, and finishing up one of the Playboy shows when I went, met my husband who passed away, you know, Bob, Bob Lorsch. Yeah. And uh, we got married I, and, you know, later, I was too busy to, you know, get married and have babies. I was 37 by the time I was done running around <laughs> doing that stuff. Um, and and I, I started producing charity events or, or producing yeah. my husband and producing other things. Um, and, and, and hosting things, um, cause he was friends with the McKenzie's, you know, associated television. Yeah. So David's and Laura were like, David's like, I know you, you're that, you're that sex cetera host. You're really good. So he cast <laughs> me or he hired me to do the, 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 um, the Hollywood Christmas parade, red carpet. And oh, I got fun. To backstage Emmys, uh, the daytime Emmys when we did it yeah. here and then in, in Las Vegas. Um, so I got to throw to Ryan Seacrest. I got to throw to That's cool. Brady and back and, and Regis Philbin. So I got to, it was really fun to, to do kind of what I was doing before in a whole new arena. And that's when yeah. I met all the daytime people who had this, the, the Bay Gregory and Christos were in the same offices as my husband in associated television. Oh, funny. And my friend, Devin DeVasquez, who I knew from Playboy, married Ron Moss of The Bold and the Beautiful. So I've been right. friends with Devin for 20 years. I, I interviewed her on Sexetera when she was, you know, the first Latina playmate ever, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Wow. So it's a small world. It all comes together. And then Ron, I said, I said, why aren't I on the show? I'm an actress. 
You know, I know all yeah. the daytime people. Why aren't I on the bay? So, <laughs> so David McKenzie called up Gregory and said, you have to meet my friend's wife, Kira. She's an actress. Put her on the show. And then I did four <laughs> and, and got nominated for a daytime Emmy, which was amazing. Which is amazing. Then, of course, we won, um, we won some for the Bay as a producer. Yes. They didn't realize I was a producer. I think they thought my husband was going to help them with the show, but I was, you know, I'm the hands-on producer. Next thing you yeah. know, I'm trying to solve problems as long as I can. And then, <laughs> and we had a fun time and I'm so grateful that you know Wendy Rich and Gregory wrote that great storyline for me as Joe Connors and you know I got to work with all those great daytime people Mary Beth Evans Matthew Ashford you know Patrika Darbo Jackie Zeman uh, Nicholas Costa yeah. like oh my god these are the people that my babysitter used to put me in front of the tv to watch <laughs> and I'm like oh my god I'm, I'm with them and then of course we we win an indie series award the best ensemble cast. Yeah. You know, so that was really, a great cast. Yeah. It was a really, a really fun time. So, and yeah. Now I'm I mean, back to features. Yeah. You're again. back to feature films. But I mean, that's just mm-hmm. such a, it's so cool how uh, everything really just kind of rolled on to the next thing right that's the big thing with this industry Mm -hmm. is getting that ball rolling and then sustaining Mm -hmm. it and it sounds like you did that like right off the bat with playboy and then that took Mm -hmm. you to everything Mm -hmm. else which is just so cool and what i love most about this industry because it's like everything is connected this one project Mm -hmm. is going to take you to another project which might Mm -hmm. take you to a different Mm -hmm. project in 15 years yeah i think it's just work work yes yeah work begets work and, you know, from from doing the Bay, I I met, you know, Vincent DePaul. He introduced mm-hmm. me to them, the group of people I've been doing a lot of work with now, the Pure Flix guys. Who would have thought I would be doing Jesus movies? Like it, <laughs> you it, go from Playboy to Jesus. Or <laughs> <laughs> family films. We just won a family film award. I did a movie with Vincent oh and it was the sequel that starred um, Dean Kane, Beverly Hills Christmas. And we did This Is Our Christmas Too. I came on as a producer and had a little, you know, blinker, you'll miss me role in it. But Cute. we won this week on Wednesday. Um, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah, April 22nd on the Reels Network, the Family Film Awards. And it, it is a small world again. Ron Moss, my friend, <laughs> starred in the sequel that we won the award for in Dean Kane, the original guy was the host of the show and I got to and I got to um this is mama kitty she came to say hi kitty Kitty. do you want to do you want to do you want to join the family um yes she's a little street cat of echo park um, oh baby who who I've had for 12 years now she's a house cat come on she's okay but anyway um, and then Vincent introduced me to David A.R. White, who I got to present a family film award to. And I just shot a movie with him in Malta during the pandemic. Can you believe Oh my gosh, it? how was that? We couldn't shoot a movie in LA to save yeah. our lives, but I had just done this movie with him, Beckman, where I play um, a soccer mom by day, a book club mm-hmm. mom, and then I'm a human trafficking assassin by night. Oh. 
So I'm the bad That's guy. That's a fun and, role. Yeah, and he's like this John Wick taken sort of guy. He was he was a he he was an assassin, and then he finds God, and he becomes a preacher, and he adopts a daughter. But then the bad guy, played by Billy Baldwin, kidnaps the daughter, the adopted daughter back, and um, I'm one of the the the, the kidnappers. Um, I love you know. that. I love roles that have that duplicitous nature where you can play both of these really interesting and fun choices. Yeah, it was super fun. And when they sent me the script to it, I had just met him and had dinner with him. And we had talked about, you know, how I would fit into their kind of movies. And he said, well, what you're, what you're going to be great at is because you're willing to do the dark stuff. A lot of the pool of actors that we have, you know, that's great for romantic comedies. They have a whole network called Pure Flix. They use a lot of the, uh, they repetitively use some people that um, mm-hmm. are really known for that, or that's their real, that's their core belief system. And then, you know, when they hire out kind of to do the, the you know, the, <laughs> the, the wicked roles. And I'm like, no, 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 sign me up. I want to do all I'm the five parts. And then in Malta, they called me last minute. They originally had a British woman because they were using lots of Europeans. They had a co-production with a Maltese company. Malta, similar to Italy, had closed down right away. But mm-hmm. they reopened back up because they had so few COVID cases. So we had to test, get on the plane, test again. And then we were put in our bubble of our production mm-hmm. group. And we did it. There was somebody on the makeup department that that um, tested positive right away. We were delayed a couple of days, but once we were in and doing everything right, and we masked in between, and we did it, and we made a movie. But this woman who was supposed to be the lead bad guy lady mm-hmm. fell out at the last minute, and they cast Stephen Bauer, who's a friend of mine, and I've known him <laughs> for a long time. And and so instead of surrounding the 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 lead bad woman with men. They wanted to have some women as like the hench women of Stephen yeah. Bell. So I got, I'm like, can you be in Malta in 72 hours? I'm like, really? yes, <laughs> this is, this is our life, you know, sit around and wait, sit around and wait. Yep. Oh, you want to come to a, this crazy place where they shoot Game of Thrones and, and, and ancient cities <laughs> and do a movie. So I had a small part, but they'd already worked with me. They uh, kind of almost a similar character to Beckman. Um, and that um, I'm the I was the henchwoman to Billy Baldwin, and I'm the henchwoman to um, Stephen Bauer. But we had the so best fun. time, and I got to present that 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 director and David A. R. White with the Family Film Award for their what they shot during quarantine right before Malta, which is the movie Finding Love in Quarantine. Um, oh, which cute! Is, which is everywhere now, and we also got his daughter Ocean nominated. She was the youngest nominee this year, Aww. and um, for for best actress, which was amazing, alongside Ava Larue. But David won for best actor, and the show won for best drama series. That's amazing. It beat like The Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> because it was it's it's that audience who's voting. Yeah. It's the Family Film Awards board and members are. They, they want honorable entertainment, family-friendly mm-hmm. entertainment, all of that. So, so that was really fun to do. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. 
Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's amazing that you've really um, gone into producing as hard as you have, right? You've gone like so hard in producing and it shows like you're producing all of these things constantly and it's incredible. I love it. And and you probably know this too. It's like some, sometimes you don't want to wait around for something. Also, yep. I like producing. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm good at it. My, the, my, my boss back at Playboy, who's, who, who does all sorts of things, um, you know, besides Playboy, but who taught me how to be a producer is like, here, you're just a natural born producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not technically good. I'm not like you, a director. I, I think there's better people than me to do that. But I'm good at organizing. I'm good at seeing the big picture. It's, the, it's the type problems. A personality that can be like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this is how yeah. this is going to be fixed. Yeah. And I like it. And I, yeah. I, I get energized by it, you know? So mm-hmm. one of the first things I did, um, this came out in 2019, Acts of Desperation, mm. um, where I play uh, bipolar, suicidal. Wow. <laughs> um, crazy person who hooks up with a bank robber of course and you know (laughs) and it's very like quentin tarantino pulp fictiony you know intersecting um lives and i was i was over visiting devon and ron in belgium um ron was doing a play over there and doing some concerts ron moss and um, i got the script i couldn't sleep (laughs) so i was up (laughs) in the middle of the night reading the script and by morning i called my friend i went to acting class with 20 years ago who sent me the script who also stars in this movie and is a a producer along with me vince lozano he said look at the script this part is perfect for you and i Mm. said yep let's make this movie so we gathered wow. some funding, we put it together. Within three months, we're making the movie. We got it sold. It's it's you can it's everywhere. It's you can watch it on Amazon, you can watch it on Tubi, you can, you know, you can buy mm-hmm. the DVD and Walmart. And um, and I got to, you know, ex- executive produce, you know, a feature film, which I hadn't done in many, many years. Yeah. You know, I just all of a sudden I had like, what am I gonna do? I'm not 
and I'm not producing my husband anymore, God rest his soul, and I miss him, and I'm not doing as many charity events, and I'm not producing mm-hmm. a Beverly Hills household, I'm going to produce movies. And go back to that. the old house in Echo Park, <laughs> which I, I know love I would that. do if I'm on my own. And then I did another one with um, my friend Donna Spangler and her partner, Britton Taylor. We played Three Witch Sisters and Annadiesville Witches, which we shot in London um, oh. right at the end of 2019, in November 2019. Oh, my gosh. You guys lucked out. And it came out in um, 2020. This is everywhere now. It came out. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, I have. I have and my witch pants to the, the. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> For everyone listening, I just showed her the coffee cup I'm drinking out of, which says "You say witch like it's a bad thing." <laughs> yeah, and uh, we are good witches. We're white witches. We save her from the evil queen witch who's trying to take her powers to oh, you wow. know destroy the world. And you know, we we made a, a we um made a sweet little movie over in England with this, these young kids who are just churning out these horror movies. And, and it was fun to get back into horror. And mm-hmm. I have one lined up for, as soon as we can, we're going to be shooting in Las Vegas called third floor. And that's written by one of my friends, Nancy O'Brien, who I met at Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're I'm, the lead, I'm the lead. She cast me in the lead of this. Wow. I'm escaping a serial killer. And you don't know if I'm dead or alive. And it's this really cool thing. And it, 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 it started off as a short and they put it in can this past year mm-hmm. digitally and got funded to do a feature. Holy crud. So, that's amazing. Yeah. And hopefully can's going to happen this year. I'll be going with my Malta crew for love on the rock. Cause that's going to come out in 2021. And then wow. um, there's one that's submitted to um, indie series awards as of yesterday. Yay. Rumors, which Yay. is um, I play the acting teacher um, to the Hollywood kids um in LA so that that's a really fun project and, and more of a, a lighter side and I get to kind of show my softer maternal side in that one though I am take no nonsense and you better be prepared or leave my class <laughs> you know but it's, it's more a, just fun it's incredible to listen to you talk about all these projects I mean you just have so much going on constantly it keeps and you it out just of trouble it's nice it keeps you out of trouble <laughs> We all need that here, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're just constantly working and it's it's um it's inspiring to see a fellow actor who has decided to take their career in their own hands and say I'm not waiting around for anyone to give me that yes, I'm going to give me my own yeses and figure it out. Yeah. And we have to. I mean, it's not, you know, we're going to be discovered on Hollywood Boulevard at this sort of fountain. That hasn't been the system for, for years. years yeah and people still sort of think like oh you know you have to be out there you have to be networking you have you mm-hmm. have to put your your best foot forward and and also I've learned over the years sometimes I get sick of it or sometimes I get frustrated I'm t- like you really I've worked with you three times you really want me to audition <laughs> well you have to that's the system yeah. and you sort yeah. of call it in or you're sort of resentful sometimes and then guess what? Then you're not going to book it because someone who's mm-hmm. hungry and and willing is going to do it. I had that experience. I was doing some independent movies, you know, um, you know, in another lifetime, <laughs> you know, 15 years ago or whatever. And I'd worked for the company a couple of times and like I, they stopped booking me and I realized that's what I was doing. Like I was yeah. sort of just like, well, you know me, why do I have to prove myself? And it's like, we have to constantly fight for it and put our best foot forward and do good work. 
Mm -hmm. um, not only to feel good about ourselves, but to, you know, to keep out there and, and, and doing it. It's true. I was, I was talking with someone last week um, about this and it's, if you don't keep that sense of fun and adventure when you're looking at every single script, every single mm -hmm. role, every audition that you get, then you're just going to fall into this this land of resentment and yeah. just anger because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I have to do this again. But if you mm -hmm. look at it and say, oh, look, a new adventure, then, mm -hmm. hey, it's going to be a yeah. lot better for you. Yeah. And just liking the process, like instead mm -hmm. of like, oh, I have to audition, being like, OK, I get to act today. And yeah. how fun is it that even before COVID, we, we were doing the self-taping and stuff for a couple of years. So we're so used to it that, you know, you, you don't have to leave the house. You don't have to drive in traffic, blah, blah, blah. So instead of resenting it, yeah. I almost think of it as like a fun, like, oh, good, goody, I get to act today, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of fun to like be able to set it up in your own house and figure it out. And I like mm -hmm. the ability to watch my takes and say, you know what? That wasn't the best one. Let's do it again. Yeah. To have... To, to be able to put your best foot forward. And I, I've had that happen where like I, I've been in an audition and I didn't know like an eyelash had fallen off. And then you walk out of there and you go to the bathroom and you're like, nobody even told oh, me I had an eyelash. You, you know, like my false eyelash was like half, you know, on my cheek, you know, or, oh, you gosh. know. Or, Speaking or you of auditions. That day and you blank yes. out or something and it happens and, you know, yeah, now we don't have to to deal with that, that those sort of nerves. Of, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And speaking of auditions, what, um, on the show, we like to share audition stories that are either mm -hmm. bad or sad or great, you know, something that you wanted that you didn't get anything that you, uh, that you feel comfortable sharing. Do you have a story that you would like to share with everyone? Well, I have one that's semi recently just cause I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, there was a breakdown that came out, you know, on Actors Access. This is a couple of years ago. And I, I, I wasn't auditioning at, a, at the time. I was being offered some things or people sending me scripts. Like, you know, I wasn't even with mm -hmm. my agent formerly, you know, formally anymore. So I, I wasn't going out a lot. But I see this breakdown and it says looking for a Kira Reed type. No way. Yeah. So because it was somebody who used to be like a playmate um, who's now the head of an adult company and she's the mother of the lead girl, you know, feisty brunette, Akira Reed type. And I'm like, no way. I'm, 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 I'm going to do this. So I, I submit myself and, and, and my reel and a couple of scenes, but I submit under my married name, Kira Lorsch. Cause I just want to see if yeah. they even, even put it together. So I submit, they, they, um, uh, they give me an audition. I do the self tape. Hi, I'm Kira Lorsch and da, 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 And I do, I do the scenes. I get cast all of this sight unseen because it was all done digitally. Yeah. Um, it's it's, it's a, a show called female friendly and it, it, it came out, it did some, some indie series -y stuff kind of stuff last year. And it's a comedy. And it wasn't until the day I got to set on the first day that they realized it was me. And it wasn't until I told them, they're like, you know, we cast you like we, we're a fan of, you know, Kira Reed from, from her movies and Playboy. And we were, you're just so, I'm like, I am Kira <laughs> Reed Lorsch. And we all became fast friends and these, you know, young twenties girls, how would they even know? But they grew up, um, you know, having seen, you know, I, I was the girl that they could relate to of all of right. the, like, the Playboy girls, you know what I mean? 
So um, anyway, I thought that was really fun and, and we're still friends and they're doing great things and um, Chelsea and, and Taylor and that's amazing. Um, yeah, so th- that's a fun audition story. <laughs> the most fun I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that they didn't connect the dots until you were actually yeah. there and told them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Well, that was a great story. I wanted to give you a moment to talk about your foundation that you run because you do some amazing work, and I just want everybody to know what it is and and everything that you're doing because it's incredible. Thank you. Yes, the Robert H. Lorsch Foundation was started by my husband, and um, he he left me with some money to give away. I can't buy shoes with it, but I can <laughs> give it to good causes because it's, it's foundation money. And one of the things that he was very passionate about and he helped found was the California Science Center, which as of today is now open again. Short, you know, smaller capacity and you have to reserve online. So if you go to CaliforniaScienceCenter.org, you can now make a reservation to visit and see the space shuttle Endeavor and, and go to ecosystems and see the aquarium and, and go through the exhibits. So um, we're back open and the, the IMAX is there. It's just at, mm. I believe, 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. But um, we're, we're back in business after being shut down for a year. In fact, the Discovery Ball at the California Science Center, our big fundraiser of the year, was March, I think, 6th or 7th of last year. Oh, it wow. was the last event. I was at until the family film awards this week where it was a group event where there was a mm. you know, people sitting at tables, having dinner, you know, having a red carpet, you know, um, things are different now, but um, anyway, the science center's back in business and you enter the the museum or the IMAX through the Robert H. Lorsch family pavilion. Aww. So I'm, I'm on the board. I have been for 10 years and um, or more since 2010 and um, and I, I, I love supporting them and all they do with science learning for everyone and having it free. I think there's a mm-hmm. charge to make a reservation, but it's like two dollars, mm-hmm. you know, it's just to cover the fees of what it costs to, to right. use the system. But you can go to all this stuff and see it for free, which is great. So um, that's one of the things we support. And then the um, we've been a little we've just started um a little bit more in with um, mental health, which I was on the board mm. and the president of the Thalians Hollywood for mental health for many years. I've since my, my term is, is gone. I stepped down, but I took over when Debbie Reynolds founded it. And when oh, Debbie wow. and Carrie died day on the same day, basically yeah. I was on the board and I took over as president for Debbie from there for a wow. couple of years in the transition and now the focus is on um, returning veterans and their family who are wounded um, mm. with UCLA Operation Men. So it's mental health for them and their families. And like these guys go to Afghanistan and Iraq and got blown up and they're they're burned or missing limbs mm. or hands and these things. So it's like where it's needed most. Yeah. And I think it, there's a big spotlight on mental health right now because of the pandemic and everybody isolated or, or change or disappointment or loss of work and loss of jobs or loss of their homes um, or having to, you know, make all these sort of transitions. So I think mental health is really important. And that's why I've teamed up with the imperfectly perfect campaign. Um, It's out of Australia and me and and, and a lot of our, some of our friends, you might, if you go to imperfectlyperfect.org, you'll recognize some, some faces from our industry um, and um, people who share their stories of struggling with mental health as, as I think everybody does. Everyone does. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think mental, so we support mental health. And of course we support the kitties and the doggies. Yay. My favorite. (laughs) One of my best friends from Playboy. Remember that story about the first movie I got playing the swimsuit? Yes. A model makeup artist. She was the editor in chief of the swimsuit issue of the Maui Heat magazine. Oh my gosh. And Dawson, who's now Kim Sill. She's married to executive music producer, um, Joel Sill, who's, Hmm. It's like he did the, the you know, was the executive music producer for Forrest Gump. Like he's he's a big oh deal movie music producer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, she started, because it's what her love is, shelterhopepetshop.org. And I my my doggy Missy, Missy, come here. My doggy Missy's from there. We just did a cat spay neuter sponsored by the Robert H. Lorsch um, Foundation. Come here, Missy. Come here. I am obsessed with dogs so much. She's my shelter hope pet shop puppy. Look at this girl. Oh, hi, baby girl. She was, I used to do the Beverly Hills Courier Rescue Dog of the Week with the shelter hope pets when we lived there. Um, now someone else does it. And I did the, you know, the CBS too. I was the pet lady on Fridays. Oh but, my gosh, cute. So she was one of my girls who didn't get adopted. I, I had two other dogs at the time, Wait. but she just kind of came in and she took over and we fell in love with her. And when nobody adopted her, you know, <laughs> we just, we just decided to keep her and she's been That's... with me for 10 years now. Oh but my gosh. Support shelter, hope, pet shelter hope pet shop. Yeah. So they take, um, they rescue dogs usually from shelters, but they can come from people just dumping dogs somewhere and they have a whole foster system. Oh, good. Fosters who take care of the dogs, then in a mall setting so that people don't have to go to the shelter, they can come to the nice mall out in Thousand Oaks or Sacramento or Santa Mm. Clarita. They now have a chain of how to do it, like a canon of how to um, run these pet shops. And um, they've saved thousands and thousands of lives. Oh, I love that so much. I'm such a a dog fanatic. I love hearing that. Um, well, it has been incredible to have you on the show, Kira. You are just, I mean, it's amazing to hear your story and everything that you've accomplished and all the things that you're working on. It's just like, I don't even know how you sleep, but. Thank you. I'm sleeping well these days. Good, good. (laughs) Um, it was incredible. And, um, I was, I was really happy to talk to you today. Um, how do people find you on social media? You can go to kirareedlorsch.com. I'm assuming you'll have the spelling of my name somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it um, in the show notes, everyone. Yeah. Or at Kira Reed Lorsch everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter. And now I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Like <laughs> like- I still am not doing the dances so well, but, you know, I'm there. It's fun. Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for stopping by today. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Great talking to you. And I hope to see you soon. Thanks again to Kira for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Make sure to check out her new film, Beckman. It is now available wherever it is that you buy or rent films. Go watch it and uh, go to the California Science Center because it's it's open again and um, it's super cool. So you should go check that out. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Give us some reviews, some stars. We love that. And uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell Bradley Whitford, please. If you know Bradley Whitford and you're listening to this, please tell him about my show. 
<laughs> I was looking at my I have the Entertainment Weekly um, anniversary issue of the West Wing hanging in my office. So I was looking at that. Make sure to follow the show on social media if you haven't already. Those links are in the show notes. I've started posting some really cool little clips from every interview um, the day after the interview comes out. So a new IGTV will be up tomorrow, Friday, with a special clip from this episode with Kira. And um, we're doing that every week now. And if you guys want to see the full episode... We're thinking of launching a way to do that. So if that is of interest to you, please comment um, anywhere on social media or send us a message. Thank you all for supporting us. And as always, thanks for coming in. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.